y'all. Welcome back to the Dope Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 294, I get to introduce you to family culture coach, Kimberly Amici. But there's many of us, but for like my husband, who's not like chomping at the bit to sit down and like outline like who we are as a family. That wasn't my experience. He was, he'd go along for the ride, but he definitely wasn't driving it. So I want, want moms to know that there's so much they can do in the everyday with their kids to set the tone of the home, to create culture, to create ha- habits and rhythms and routines that will lead them in the ways they want to go into the family life that they want. And so for me, it looked like letting go of needing to have him lead it and just saying, this is important to me. And of course, praying all along, Lord, like I want my husband on board with this, like change his heart, allow him to see some of these things I want to do, help him to support me. One of my goals is to help moms recognize their own unique brand of motherhood and their family's own value systems rather than trying to be someone they aren't. And one way I thought we could do that is by having family culture coach on the show. Her name is Kimberly Amici. She's a mom. She has a podcast, Build Your Best Family, and she also has tons of resources on her site. All those links are in the show notes. But how her story intersects with mine, we reconnected last fall at a conference and she'd emailed me this family retreat packet, my request, and I implemented it with our family this summer when we were on vacation. And I'll tell you, some of the feedback I got on our family culture from our boys was hard to hear, but super helpful. And we have shifted some things in our home because of those conversations. Of course, it's not perfect, but I really was thankful for Kim's help, her guidance with this resource, and I wanted to give you that same sort of help and support. So let's get right to the conversation. Here we go. Hey, Kim, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here today. I'm so thrilled because I've never had a family culture coach come on the show. Oh. And the fact that you and I got to hang out last fall, which seems like 30 million years ago. Forever ago. Um, where people could gather. And uh, just to know your heart and to know you just, I always makes an interview more fun for me. So thank you for taking time in the middle of like post hurricane, you're on a generator. What the heck? (laughs) So y'all Kim has made it possible to be with us because um, yeah, you're on the East coast and in the middle of a pandemic hit by hurricane. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. We just roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Real quick, how many kids do y'all have? Okay, so I have three kids. Um, we are fifth, uh, 13, 15, and 17. So my youngest is a boy and my two oldest are girls. And when did you start recognizing a need or the ability to, to kind of shape your family culture? So I would say... On my 40th birthday, I decided to treat myself and I got myself a package to work with a life coach. And I started to learn all of these incredible principles about like determining my values. Um, And it was corresponding right along the time in my life when I was like, this is not what I thought it would look like. This is not what I thought it would be. And a couple of years prior, I'd recognized that we were like 
exhausted, burnout, just going with the flow, like doing good things, doing amazing things, but sort of feeling like this isn't what I thought it would be. So my youngest was six. So six, eight, and 10 was when I started to say, okay, like I'm not doing much on purpose. I'm getting through the day. I'm doing all the right things. I'm showing up at school on the sports field, but I'm not really loving the direction we're going. And we're definitely not getting there on purpose. Hmm. I think that what you and I were just talking about with the ages of kids, there's this thing, if you have two or three and they're closer together, that you're just trying to get through. You're just trying to keep everyone fed, yeah. keep your sanity, and get them to school age. And then you arrive there and you're like, hold the phone. Okay, these are ages that we could be really connecting or I think, I don't know about you, but I always keep an image of a certain family in my head mm-hmm. and then compare our family to it and fall short. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And I'm like, how does that family look so cute all the time or super connected <laughs> or very mission oriented and uh, just like, and then I get really critical with my own people. They don't know that that image is in my head. Right. They just hear me critiquing them all the time, which is not enjoyable to be around. And it's not shaping the culture I want. So I love that you're doing this because I think a lot of moms that are listening are in that stage where they really want to form a family culture. Maybe we're just coming out of, I mean, I don't know if we're coming out of the pandemic, but like it's so many months that now we've created some habits we're not thrilled with. Right. Yeah. And it's just out of necessity, no shame, no guilt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's got to be a better way. Surely. I see some families that they have, they are baking bread together. <laughs> I saw one, one of my good friends, her daughter rode up her bike for every day. She added a mile. Oh my gosh. So she and her dad rode bikes like on July 1st, one mile on July 2nd, two miles. And you can wow. you, st- you start to compare and you're like, okay, I know I can, but I just, I just want to go take a nap. Yeah. So can you help us out? Like what helped you? How did you change from kind of frustrated and feeling like you weren't going anywhere to emboldened? So yeah, the first, you know, the first part of my children's lives, I was doing lots of things and it was fun. Like you're in the trenches, you're like surviving, you know, it's hard, but you're doing it. And then sort of when the dust settles, kind of like you mentioned with the pandemic, when you realize you're in, you're going to be here for a while, you're like, Hmm, I can't keep doing those things that I was doing before because I'm starting to see things in my life or or see things in my children or see things in my family that I don't really like what there, and they're not always bad things, but you're like, I want to, I want to just do our life well. And so I did struggle with looking around and seeing what other people were doing, seeing, especially when you uh, look at social media, Facebook, we know, we know this, that we get all the good bits, right. And we get to Mm -hmm. see the fantastic moments and we get to see what everybody's doing and we don't get to see the stuff in the background. But for some reason that doesn't touch our hearts. Like we, we always forget that we always, you know, we constantly focus on that comparison thing. And for me, comparison was an issue. And one of the ways that I overcame that was that I decided what I wanted my family to be known for. I decided what our values were. Like I gave us essentially 
a mission and a purpose. And, and as I started to discover who we wanted to be together, what was important to us as a family, what direction we wanted to go, I was able to look at what other people were doing and celebrate them because I knew where I was going. And it was that season of ambiguity and just going with the flow and just kind of signing up for things because my friends were signing up for things or doing things with my kids because that's what my friends doing. And, and, and that's fun to do, of course, but like knowing how to say yes to what matters and no to what doesn't gives you a sense of purpose and it helps you to eliminate that comparison. It helps you to say, yeah, I'm excited for you, but this is my lane. I'm ex- I love what you're doing, but this is what we're called as a family to do. And then you're able to appreciate what everyone brings to the table. So good. Yeah. It's this thing where we know, like you said, we know that it's the highlight reel. We know we shouldn't compare. But what I do is I'm like, okay, I'm not going to compare. I think I know what matters to us, but I want everything to matter to us. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of guidance can you <laughs> yeah. give, you know, that like yeah. perfectionism sneaks in of like, we're going to be amazing at this and this and this and this and this. And that's just not maybe who our family is. So what's a good starting point? So, well, I did start. So I saw everybody was doing these mission statements, of course, on Pinterest, they were making these beautiful images of like what their mission statement is, who they are, and they would put it on their mantles. And I was like, that is exactly what I need. And I, you know, <laughs> on wood, I need it all on these blog posts. And I was like, with yes. calligraphy, that's what I need. That'll yeah. make it better. Yes. And then we'll ignore it every day. Right. Yeah. And so that's basically what happened. I I like bullied my husband into sitting down and, you know, writing lists and hashing out like what's important to us. I mean, I say bully because he wasn't naturally inclined to want to sit down and talk about this stuff for six hours. Um, (laughs) So we came up with this mission statement, hung it up. I mean, it must've been a year or two later when I looked at it and I'm like, like, I don't even know what that says. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if, yeah. if that's really what our family was about. And that's what brought me to culture, where culture is so much more than just a handful of values. It's what are you doing and how are you showing up in the everyday? It's, it's what are your non-negotiables? What matters to you? And, and, and when you say that, you know, everything should matter to us. Um, it's interesting because when I coach with clients, they'll come to me and they're like, okay, we have 20 values, but we don't know how to get that. <laughs> them down to five. And I'm like, well, you're never going to lean into any of them well if you try to do all 20. Mm -hmm. And so we go through this process of wrestling. Like if you had to choose between the two and tell me more about this and, and why does this mean so much to you? And as you start unpacking like your experiences and your stories and, and who God created you to be and those passions and desires that you put into your heart, you can start to eliminate those things that, yeah, they're good, but they're not what I'm passionate about. They're not what I'm excited about. They're not what I can talk about for hours and hours and hours they're not what people know me for. Um, And so through the process of elimination, you could start to kind of own a handful of things that you love. And as a culture coach, I work with people and we, not only do we identify values, but we identify um, what I call cultural practices. Like also the things that we do well and we enjoy doing as family. So it's for us, it's opening up our home for us. It's games. It's, you know, like always being, willing to um, volunteer for certain things, you know, sure, host that event at our house, you know, kind of thing. So they know to call us because if they need a place, we're open. So leaning into those things, choosing those things, identifying, yeah, like this is totally in my wheelhouse. 
and then putting just some boundaries on the other things that you'll say no to, it's a process of discovery, you know, to figure it out and then lean into those things. And it just, it, you can get excited about a few things far more than you can about everything. I love to connect y'all with resources and options that I hope will make your family life easier. And Sunbasket, one of this week's sponsors, is one of those. If you are looking for fresh and ready dinners delivered to your door, then check out Sunbasket. We have used it, and I love the variety of flavorful options that are created by award-winning chefs. So if your brain does not want to think of having to find really creative recipes, but your body is ready for a little different tastes and flavors and some good organic, fresh produce and meats, then go check out Sunbasket. You're going to see they have a lot of menu options that you can pick and choose. If your budget or your calendar needs you to skip a week, that is totally an option. You can skip a week and you can get two meals, two dinners, you can get three, four, you can decide how many servings, you can change up the meats. There's a lot of flexibility. Go check it out at sunbasket.com forward slash DMA and use the promo code DMA for Don't Mom Alone to get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash DMA. Use the code DMA to get $35 off your order. sunbasket.com slash DMA and the code is DMA. think that's good. And now I want to be all the things. <laughs> I want to be the go-to place. Um, although no one's in having anybody over. Not now. Not now. That was back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. But yeah, I think what I want to lean into too, as you said, at first you just sat down with your husband and kind of bullied him and it was very you directed. Mm-hmm. What I love about a lot of your tools is how it's getting input from everyone Talk to us about that process with your kids. Like when you came to those values, what did it look like to foster that kind of conversation? Yeah. So when we first came up with our values, my husband and I did establish our values. Um, But then we came to the kids and we were actually out at a Chipotle and we were saying, hey, like what did, what did, uh, what's Chipotle known for? Like, cause it's like their favorite place to go. So they were like, oh, like fresh food. And I'm sure they picked up some of the lingo that's in the advertising and what they've seen on TV. <laughs> the branding but they, was on point. Yeah, the yeah. branding, exactly. They were able to like name all the things that they could expect when they go to Chipotle. And so then we said, um, you know, cause for us, it was really important that our kids buy into it. You know, there's yeah. going to be an age when we direct it and that's fantastic. And we're never going to steer away from our values, but we wanted our kids to have a say in like, what were the other things our family were become, was becoming. Um, so we mentioned Michael's, which is a craft store here on the East coast. I don't know if yeah, it's everywhere. One. And like, mm-hmm. what, did, what do you think of when, you know, you go to Michael's, Oh, that they have this toy and that toy and this craft and that craft. And that's where we go for art projects. And so we started to just reinforce this idea of these companies are known for something. You can expect something when you go there, you can expect a certain level of service. You can, you know, you know what to expect. And then we brought up, well, what about so-and-so, which was like a neighbor, a friend of ours. What, what, do you, what do you think when you go to their house? Oh, well, she has the best snacks and she always talks to us and she, you know, gives us this and gives us that. And like, I mean, I've gone over to this woman's house where I see my two daughters sitting at her island chatting away with her while her sons are out playing with my other son. It's like, you know what you can expect, right? They know they can get that from our neighbor across the street. And then I, I brought up another family. Well, what 
what do you think of that family? And they're like, oh, well, it's fun to go to their house, but they, they fight all the time. And the nanny never makes them stop, right? Mm. So we started pulling things out of the kids. And then we flipped the conversation and we said, well, what do you want people to say about us? What do you want people to know about us? Or what do you think they should think when they come to our house? And then it just flowed. It was like, well, we love playing games. And they, they even said, well, we don't want people to feel uncomfortable if we fight all the time. And I'm like, oh my mm. gosh, this is amazing. Like, mm. Remember, this is your idea, not mine. <laughs> right, right. You're saying this, right? The kids, the kids were able to identify, oh my goodness, like there's friends of ours, like their friends that have a preconceived notion about them based on their experience. And they realized that they had the ability to take charge of that and to change it and to create an atmosphere in our home that other people would come to know. And, and they were young. They were, like I said, six, eight and 10 was when we really started to have these conversations and it was amazing to see them get on board and they were able to say, the things they liked about our family, the things that they didn't like about our family. And we were able to actually take action on those things now. Now we were able to really have um, some raw material to start to build culture. That is really good. I, we, um, we're going to talk about this in a little bit about your family retreat pack mm-hmm. that you so kindly um, shared with me. And I took with us on our trip to Utah. A friend gifted us with a fantastic place to stay in Utah. And it was interesting because it starts with what are our family goals and vision and mission statement and, um, and not mission statement, but mission. And so we asked all the kids and what my husband noticed was, I think we'd had a similar conversation several years ago and how it had shifted a little bit, like mm-hmm. what we would have said maybe two or three years ago had shifted a little bit. Um, and yet the boys were saying similar things. I think sometimes, like I said at the beginning, I want it to be different. People will say to me what their impression of, oh, your family must be so fun. I can imagine that you all have so much fun, you know, four boys. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's just so loud and there's just so much energy and I just want it to be quiet. And I just, you know, like, yeah, this, okay, what it is and what I want it to be often are so different. Mm Mm-hmm. But it comes down to like when we were talking, they were sharing some things that they felt were values that I really did want as values. And it was helpful to know that even underneath all that fun and that chaos, that they grasp that my my core desire for spiritual development or, you know, personal development, like they grasp that. The message is coming through, even though it may not seem like on the outside with yeah. all of the <laughs> the noise that, that that is happening. Connection is really important to me. And they labeled that. Like, I think that for the mom who's listening, if you've never done this or considered it, or maybe you have a list in your head and your kids, I think, I mean, what's the youngest you think you can have this conversation with your kids? Like, I love how you presented it. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think you can have it early. I mean, as, especially, I, I mean, I, would, I hesitate to put an age on it. So right, 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 my right. youngest was, yeah, six and he was able to, I mean, like, yeah, but you're like, usually you're the age of your 
oldest kid, your family as, as a right. whole. Yeah, that's right. So the young, um, youngest is he's, you're right. he's not a typical six. You're right. So maybe if you have like, you know, a four and a six-year-old, maybe you're, you're asking them these questions. By the time my, my youngest was third grade, he was able to actually write out some of the answers. I look back at our old, our first original family retreat and the spelling was horrific, but <laughs> he got his point across. Yeah. Um, I think we're able to have these conversations when our kids are pretty young, only because we do live in a culture that is saturated by branding, that is saturated by um, the kids. If the kids can sing the jingles that they hear on the commercials and they can tell you like at will, like what's Cheerios and they'll tell you the slogan, like (laughs) they know, they they know. And so it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of like, depending on the age, you can shift the questions and you can ask them in really simplistic ways. And I think you might be surprised what they have to say. I mean, honestly, like I think a four-year-old, a five-year-old could tell me what's their favorite thing about our family, like for yeah. sure. But yeah. what do you like to do with mom? I mean, they'll tell you and you'll be like, oh, you like that? Because I wasn't sure. And now we can do more of that. Mm. Um, I think that they are capable of having those conversations and giving feedback for sure. And like you said, then not only it gives you confidence that I don't have to be like so-and-so, but at the same time, it's a filter of what you say yes to, what you say no to. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are some things that after you defined your values, you were like, yeah, that's not for us because what you picked sounds awesome. Like, like all of us want to be that family, the go-to family that hosts and welcomes and doesn't fight in front of other people. Like, <laughs> but what are some sometimes. things that, that over the years you've had to say no to because of recognizing, well, that's just not our family. Yeah. So uh, when I first became a stay-at-home mom and my kids got into school, I volunteered for everything because I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm an at-home mom. Like I, I'd been writing online, but I wasn't really taking it seriously. And so I thought I just need to say yes to everything. And so for us, once we identified our values, we identified financial stewardship is really, really important to us um, because of our, both of our individual journeys and our story. Like I'm passionate about teaching kids about how to handle money. And so when we identified that as something that we were not only passionate about because we wanted to be wise, but we wanted to actually like, like leave a legacy of financial freedom and financial success and being generous. What happened was I started to simultaneously, I started to say no to all these other things as I was trying to struggle with like protecting my time and taking my writing seriously. And I started to say no to things. And then someone sort of tapped me on the shoulder and was like, hey, so we have this thing that we need a chairperson for and nobody wants to do it because it's too much work. And it's the entrepreneurship program at the middle school. And I was like, yeah, I didn't even have to go home and discuss it with my husband. I was like, yes, this lines up with my values. I'm willing to sacrifice my time, my energy to do this. I am on board. And so we, it was so fun because my kids had all taken the program I took over as the chair. My husband took over as the marketplace coordinator, which is the big event where the student entrepreneurs sell their goods. Um, As my children graduated from the program, they became the teacher assistants and they were there for setup and breakdown. And it allowed me having that freedom to say, yes, this lines up with my values. I was able to say no to every single bake sale, every single library duty, (laughs) lunch duty. Like, no, like I'm, no, don't ask me to do anything else. Not because I'm trying to be selfish or stingy, but I I am serving in an area that, that I am passionate about and I'm all in, but I don't need 
to do those other things. And I wanted to do those other things. Like I was, you know, I like used to pull pages out of Martha Stewart magazine before there was Pinterest and like save them the binder. <laughs> totally, like I want to, yes. I want to bake cookies and, and show up in my pretty little know dress, but prune my bushes <laughs> and the exact right date of the month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm not bringing anything else to the table, but those things that line up with my values. And so we, it became something we became known for in the town. I mean, the, when they did, when the principal did the opening remarks, he said he like listed all the people that volunteered, and then he's like, "I want to thank the Amici family." Like we became known as the family that rallied around this extracurricular program at our school because we were passionate about it, and so it's been so freeing to be able to say no to things and just wait and do the things that we're excited about, you know. Like they don't ask me to do the car wash for the lacrosse team because then they know I'm going to host the end of the year party. You know, I can get away with saying no to all these other things because those things that I do want to do and I'm excited about doing, I lean into and I lean into them well. That's good because I think, yeah, I go all or nothing. Like I'm not going to do anything at the school, which is not the yeah. answer. <laughs> or, or I overcommit. Yeah. So that's yeah. really, really, really helpful. We know that family matters and family culture matters and family health matters. When my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and my dad passed away from colon cancer that had moved to his liver, it wrecked my world. And these are the people who shaped me. They matter to me. So when Ancestry Health came to me to be a sponsor, I was looking forward to getting information that I didn't have in a way that was easy to find. So they sent me a tube that I put saliva in and I send it off to them and they are going to use their most advanced testing technology, their next generation sequencing to identify my genetic risk for developing breast cancer and heart issues to make the best next right health decision so I can be there for my kids. If you are curious to know more about your genetic health history and what your DNA says about your genetic risk with Ancestry Health, you can do that. Just go to Ancestry.com forward slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone to get your Ancestry Health kit today. That's Ancestry.com forward slash DMA. Let's get more into family culture in regards to relationship, mm-hmm. um, siblings and parents to kids. Cause I feel like even in, in your retreat pack, and I know you have other resources, it gives a chance for your family to review themselves as a 360 review is what you yeah. talk about. And yeah. So tell us where that came from. This concept of reviewing and put doing quotation marks, your family, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that you can have better success as a family. Yeah. So when I was working full-time outside of the house and even now um, in my husband's job, there's a yearly review. So I used to, I mean, I used to look forward to the review. I wanted to know how good I was doing. I wanted to know You're if I was amazing. getting a raise. I'm like, yeah. no, please don't review me. And I would cry in the, in the review, like every oh, time. Well, I'm I just crying. wanted a raise. I, I just wanted oh. somebody to like. You, the money. Because yeah. the money. Yeah. Tell so me I'm if like, I'm doing good. No, I'm like, tell me I'm pretty. Don't tell me yeah. all the things yeah. I did wrong. Yeah. Okay. Well, words of affirmation is my love language. So yes. I, I okay. kind of did with like, I would look forward to someone telling me I was on the right track. Okay. Um, but yeah, my husband, he would come home with these 360 peer reviews where 
I believe it was anonymous and it would be the people that work under you, the people that are on your same level, and then the people that are above you. Yes. Which I love because if you have a bad manager or a manager that's really not focused on your growth and your potential, you may get a bad review. They just Mm -hmm. may be in a bad mood. But if you actually had a review from like multiple people, people that didn't have a vested interest in your promotion, but that just wanted to give you feedback, like I felt like you could get honest and great information. And so we had gotten to a point when I was just starting to do some of this culture stuff, right? And I was starting to show up on purpose in many ways in my life and in my family. And I wanted to know if we were on the right track. So I wanted to know... Like, what do our kids think of us? How do they think we're doing as parents? What do they think about each other? Um, Is what we're doing working? When I'm not around, how do the kids treat each other? Which is, you know, that can be a little bit different. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then are the things that we do every day reflecting our family mission and family values? And so I was really curious. I'm like, this is an incredible tool. And, and for us, building culture has really been inspired by what businesses and organizations do. Um, there's so many books written on culture and leadership and those same principles when we take them outside of the work environment and we put them into our home creates huge success. And so I was like, let's see if we can do this in our home. I really wanted to get some feedback on how I was doing. I really wanted, you know, my kids to give my husband feedback on what, how he was doing because I didn't want to be the broken record saying, right. you know, hey, babe, what, you know, what's going on here? Like mm-hmm. I wanted them to be able to give honest answers. And so one of the, one of the components of this 360 peer review is the siblings rating each other. Mm. So there's a, there's a checklist and there's like a one to five scale and they get to say like, do they perform with integrity? Are they easy to get along with? Do I trust them? And it gave my children an opportunity to be honest with one another. And what was fantastic about what we did was that we put it into an environment where they were having a ton of fun together. We actually got a Groupon. So for like super cheap, we went literally 20 minutes from our house to a hotel with an indoor pool. We did mini golf. We took them to Starbucks for Frappuccinos. We went to a park and played football. So like in between all of these fun things we were doing, we would sit down and we would allow them to do these activities. And so what we were able to do was create an environment where it wasn't them talking about each other in the middle of everyday life, where depending on how you guys were getting along this morning, that might skew your answers. It was a really incredible opportunity for the kids to be honest. And what we found was that they know, they know their stuff. I mean, like my six-year-old said to my eight-year-old, you lie a lot. And she mm. goes, I know. And she mm. laughed. You know, so now all of a sudden, not only are they feeling like their voice is being heard, but then we're getting some things we can take action on and some things we can follow up on. And so when we see them get into an argument again, or we see them have trouble with each other, we can say, hey, remember we talked about this? Like we had language to fall back on and it wasn't so much like us telling them what to do. It was us going back to culture, pointing back to the conversations we had, pointing back to the vulnerability and transparency that we already had. Because it's really difficult to do that in the everyday and especially in a heated moment when siblings aren't getting along or are having trouble with one another. So it sounds like you guys revealed the answers to those scaling questions. Mm Mm-hmm in front of each other. I didn't know if maybe it was something each kid filled out and then you like brought all of the responses for kid one together and talked to kid one privately and then all the responses for kid two together and talked to two privately. Yeah. So we did. We um, like, for example, we'd go, we'd go someplace, order lunch while waiting for our food. We have everybody fill out the, the form 
And then we go, okay, great. We'll eat. And then we go get ice cream. And then we're like, okay, let's share the answers. Okay. You go first. And then we kind of do like these round robin lightning rounds where we're like, let's not get into, too into it. Like this isn't like, you know, a soapbox for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but give us a few sentences. And if we had questions, we said, well, what do you mean by that? And then they would give an example and we'd be like, oh, okay. You know, and we would pull things out and we would let them just have a say. So it was yeah, it was good that we all did it together. And I think depending on whatever your family situation is, you may find it easier to just review those things with that child. But I think what was really amazing about it was they were able to talk to each other because my kids, I mean, my kids are not having heart to hearts with one another. They're really not. I mean, I think, you know, my girls are really close now and I know they talk, they whisper behind closed doors, but it's probably about boys. It's probably not about (laughs) their feelings. It's probably not about how they can get along better. (laughs) And so just creating an environment where they can actually do that was just, was so, it it worked out so much better than we thought it would. Yeah. I think for when we did it, it was really helpful that we were still at the house Mm -hmm. (laughs) because (laughs) feedback that I got specifically Uh uh, from one of my kids, I was crying because once again, that's how I respond to a review is to cry. Oh no. Um, I think it was, Uh, what are some things that discourage you or what can your family members do to help? Uh I think it was that basic. It wasn't even like getting into individual feedback about mom or dad or each other. And it was targeted towards me. And I was like, I lost it. So there's my caveat y'all that if you're a crier, (laughs) maybe not do it over ice cream, but maybe it's lighter for your family and you can. Um, And also our dynamics there is maybe one child that all of them might give a more negative review on. Uh-huh. So that child is also very sensitive. And so to read all that and then have everybody pile on him would only probably exacerbate yeah. the problem. So I think when we get to that, we haven't even finished, but when we get to that point, I think what we're going to do is have to increase their honesty. We're going to say, mm-hmm. no one will know that you said it. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's good. Like, yeah. well, we're going to gather it together and talk to that child. Yeah. So that that it's really an honest feedback kind of review. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great for us because we were obviously driving the conversation. We always tried to lead with something really positive. Like we would go, especially like my one child, <laughs> the one that lies, we would always make sure we led that conversation because we wanted to make sure there were things that she felt good about that we recognized within her, that we were calling out in her and speaking life over her. So we were also there to direct those things and make sure that it was, yeah, that it was fair and balanced and, and to find, you know, encouragement. But, you know, I, I would say that when they reviewed each other, they, they had a lot of positive things to say, like, good. Yeah. They, they found things that I wouldn't have thought of, you Mm. know, like little things that they appreciated about each other came out in the conversation and you're like, oh gosh, this is so good. Because again, they're not, they're not walking around. I mean, maybe some families are, ours is not. <laughs> they're not walking Just around like, encouraging each other. <laughs> right, right, right. Building each other up with every word, yeah. which yeah. I'm like constantly like, if you can't, you can't say something nice, don't say it. Some words, but, not every uh-huh, word. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that is really, I think, I think again, it just shows too the difference between every family knowing your family well and adapting to do it. Like we're not presenting a formula here. We're presenting tools and resources to help direct you. Right. And yeah, Kim has a fantastic podcast that continues to offer great resources. If you go to her site, you're going to find 
so many tools, including pandemic specific options um, (laughs) right now. Like if you're just feeling really stuck, um, Kim is your gal to coach you. You can already tell her positivity is contagious. And so, you know, what, before we have to go, like, is there anything Mm -hmm. else that you would encourage a family that maybe wants to shape their culture, but doesn't know how beyond, so they do this, find your values. They kind of review one another. Like, how do you go from talking about it to actually implementing some of these things? Yeah. Um, so I do have one, one little thing I want to throw in there. Yeah. And then I'll give you some ways to implement. Okay. Um, for a long time, I was, I threw a pity party because I wanted so bad for my husband to be on board with every little single initiative that I did. Like <laughs> yeah. I wanted him to be the the leader of the house, but he was mm. working crazy hours and it just, it wasn't his thing. And so I, for a long time, I let that prevent me from building culture. I mean, I was building culture all along because we all have a culture. It's just a matter of whether or not we take control of it and we direct it. Right. Um, so I finally, um, you know, Kristen Kill, we were traveling to some, a conference and it was the first time I had met her and we had five hours in a car together and we were just talking. And one of the things I said to her was, I want to do this, but my husband doesn't want to, and I want to do this and he doesn't take the lead and I, and I'm driving the bus. And she finally said to me, who cares if you have to drive the bus? If it's important to you, you drive the bus. And I'm like, mm. what? Oh my gosh. You know, cause my other friends, they just, you know, felt sorry for me and joined my pity party. Um, but she it was really pivotal for me because I was like, yeah, there's a lot of things as moms we can do to create culture in our homes. And I'm not saying we go against our husbands. This isn't about like leaving our husbands out of the process, but right. there's many of us look for like my husband, who's not like chomping at the bit to sit down and like outline like who we are as a family. That wasn't my experience. He was, he'd go along for the ride, but he definitely wasn't driving it. So, mm-hmm. so I want, want moms to know that there's so much they can do in the everyday with their kids to set the tone of the home, to create culture, to create ha- habits and rhythms and routines that will lead them in the ways they want to go into the family life that they want. And so for me, it looked like letting go of needing to have him lead it. Mm. And just saying, this is important to me. And of course, praying all along, Lord, like I want my husband on board with this, like change his heart, allow him to see some of these things I want to do, help him to support me. Like, you know, there was prayer. It was all of that combined, but it was me making a decision. And then practically what it did take was for me to look at my calendar and say, these things that I say are important to me. Are they showing up? And are there things on my calendar that aren't? you know, the routines that we put in place, these little things, these small steps that we take every day is what builds culture. It's not some big campaign saying we're going to transform our lives and become this other family. It's these small, little teeny tiny steps along the way. And so, you know, if we have to rearrange our schedule or try a new rhythm or try a new routine to make these things show up, I think that's the key, making appointments with myself, discovering what my values were, what um, is non-negotiable in my life, what I needed to do on a regular basis to feel good about the work that I was doing in my home and making sure I did it. So if that means making an appointment in my calendar, put it in my calendar and stick to it, just like I would a doctor's appointment or a hair appointment, just doing it, just showing up in small ways every day that are going to get me where I want to go. It's good. It's even good for the moms listening that are leading their families as single moms, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. to empower them to own this and they can do that and make those appointments. That's good. Well, Kim, thank you so much yes, for being on the show. You. 
the family culture we need to shift is moving from screens to school. So all of the video games that have just snuck into the, you know, day or <laughs> movies or Netflix <laughs> binging, like yep. we're going to need to start shifting that into uh, books and math and all of the things and creating buy-in there. It's going to be neat. It's going to be real, it's going to be real neat. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect example of where waking up one day and saying, that's it. They're going all away. Never works. Yeah, never works. Get it. Small it's steps. Be a, it's got to be a transition uh, and a buy-in somehow that really school is better for you than, <laughs> than whatever <laughs> the latest Brawl Stars is the common, the current uh, favorite game. So, well, thank you, Kim. Definitely go check out her stuff, guys. I'm linking to it in the show notes and um, appreciate you. Tell them your website real quick but I will okay. have it in the show. Yep. Uh, you can find me at buildyourbestfamily.com. And I also write over at KimberlyAmici.com. Build your best family. That sounds like a good promise right there. Yeah. All right. Bye, Kim. So good All to right. talk to you. Yeah. So great to talk to you too. Isn't it great that we get to reflect the body of Christ and the unique ways each family culture comes to the surface. And I'm going to pray over us that he would reveal to you specifically through conversations with your kids, with your spouse, how he's wired your family to shine a light, to glorify him in your specific communities. Lord, I thank you that you have created everyone so uniquely, that you've wired us with specific interests and bents and experiences, and that your goal is that we wouldn't stay hidden, but that we would shine a light in our communities in the darkness for you and for your glory. I pray that family conversations would happen after this episode, that any hard things that are revealed, you would be so present and gracious in those conversations that you would mold and shape us as we are coming out of a really challenging season, but uh, more time together may bond us too as we share that experience. I pray for healing and hope in all the families represented who are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I sign off, I want to explain a little bit more about the Patreon page that we started. I was talking to some friends, and I realized that something I assumed everyone knew about, it is unfamiliar. So let me tell you about Patreon. Basically, it is a website, patreon.com, and this site allows musicians, um, authors, podcasters a way to connect with their patrons, y'all, my listeners. And what it does is it gives you a place to financially support the show. So if you have been someone, you've been listening for years to the podcast, it's been this free resource that has encouraged you, has connected you with other fantastic authors and parenting experts, and you want to give back to the show, this is a way to do it. So basically, we're offering two levels because the feedback I got from some of our um, podcast club leaders, when I asked them about Patreon, was they don't necessarily need more content. They're already struggling to keep up with you know, the podcast episodes available to them for free. They want to give back to the show. They want to be a part of this ministry that's happening globally. Every country in the world has downloaded this podcast, and you can be a part of supporting that work to keep going by being a champion, which is the first tier, the first level available. And so what that is, is every month you're giving just a little bit to help keep the show going and 
reach more moms. And then there's another level, the insider level. And at that level, you're going to get some more content. We'll do some extra episodes. Bruce and I are going to do a live Q&A on September 1st at 8.30 p.m. And you would join us for that. And so in that situation, we would be using a platform where you'd see us on video. You get to ask questions. I can even pull in people on the video to join us. And it's going to be real interactive. And it's a more private way. Um, Some of my friends said it's like a VIP level. If you are just wanting to connect more with myself and any mentors that I bring on, or you're just needing community in a way that's not available to you in your real life, either because of COVID or because of, you know, the place that you are living, um, this is an option for you. We're hoping that it's going to be an intimate place. And then I really love to have y'all submit videos and I respond to them through this Patreon page. And so That's something that I think would be really cool. A friend of mine sent me a Marco Polo, and in it, she was asking for parenting advice, and I was able to send her back one, and she said that the thoughts I gave her, the perspective I gave her really reshaped and reformed her relationship with her daughter because it kind of aligned with what God was already talking to her about, and I thought, not everyone has access to that, so I would love to partner with you. If you want to go check out the Patreon page, see more of what I'm talking about, go to patreon.com forward slash don't mom alone. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon. Uh, and there's a link in the show notes. I will add that. Um, but that's what that is. Hope that explains it. Please email me if you don't understand. And I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.